welcome to Betsy Goes to the Movies. I'm Betsy, and this is Fright Night, my friend Kelly's request, which I hadn't seen in years and forgot how much I enjoyed. I was also unwrapping Halloween decorations, so I'm not even sorry for all the background noise. So this came out in 1985 from Columbia Pictures. It was written and directed by Tom Holland. Thank you, Tom, for giving me one of the two good movies I'm going to get to watch this week. It stars William Ragsdale as Charlie, Chris Sarandon as Jerry the Vampire, such a scary name, Amanda Bierce as Amy, and Roddy McDowell as Peter Vincent. My podcast episodes are released Thursdays, except for this week, obviously. I post episode notes and updates to my website at BetsyGoesToTheMovies.com and updates on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BetsyGoesToTheMovies. If you have any good, funny, campy, cheesy, so bad it's good, or just plain bad movie suggestions, please email me at BetsyGoesToTheMovies at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes if you listen there. It's the only way Apple will put my podcast into their rotation for suggested listening. I don't know if anyone's picked up on it yet, but I really fucking love Halloween. And October is my favorite month. So in the course of watching this movie, I'm also unwrapping Halloween decorations. I haven't seen this in years. I've only seen it once. And I was in my 20s, I think. Yeah. Oh, Chris Sarandon. Well, of course Nina looks so beautiful. She's probably about to like kill you. Are you saying she's glowing in the dark? It's like a, a bad Red Riding Hood thing. My, Nina, how glowing you are. All the better to see you with my dear. My, Nina, how red your lips are. All the better to kiss you and then suck your blood. Come lay your head on my breast. I was a kid in the 80s, so I'm not really up to slang for how people hit on each other, but I'm pretty sure lay your head on my breast would be suspicious. Oh, yes, making out to horror movies while the guy tries to slide his hand up her shirt and Peter Vincent laughs maniacally on the screen. Well, maybe instead of pressuring her for sex, just end it if you're not happy. Also, I made sure to get extras of the decorations I really like because, let's face it, they're styrofoam. <laughs> they're not exactly made to last forever. Dude, I'd be a little freaked out if I looked out my window and the neighbors were carrying a coffin around the back of the house too. What the fuck? Okay, so he's pressuring her for sex, right? She starts taking her clothes off and he's more concerned with looking out the window with binoculars. Idiot, you really think that she's gonna make that offer again. Great timing. <laughs> she goes, I don't understand what's wrong with you. First you wanna make love and then you don't right in front of his mother. And of course the mother's trying to get them to marry. Oh, creepy friend. God, his friend is such a creeper. Yeah, so to get caught up, they go to school. Amy takes off like pissed. Charlie's got some weird creepy friend who makes comments about him or about it and then Charlie drives home and this super hot blonde comes up and asks him where the new neighbor's house is. And now Charlie's in his room at night studying. He hears somebody scream and the lights turn out at the house next door. All right, so it's the next day. Apparently Amy has forgiven Charlie. It was not your fault, Amy. Oh my God, are you kidding me? No, Amy, he's not listening to you. Have you not learned anything in this whole movie? I remember when Halloween decorations were better quality. I mean, it's not like I paid a lot, so I shouldn't get too upset, or I'm not upset. All right, 
Amy throws food in Charlie's face because once again, as she's trying to have a serious conversation with him about their love life, he gets distracted by murders on the television. I have a cool tombstone that lights up. Two, actually. He has attracted the attention of the neighbors because the living carpenter who's painting all the windows black sees him sneak across the yard towards the basement. He's doing that thing where he's speaking menacing words in a menacing tone with a very jovial smile, and it's so creepy. Charlie's now whole life has become sitting in the window at night looking at the house through binoculars while horror movies play on his TV, and somehow the neighbor's yard has fog rolling through it. He has now passed out in front of the window, and when he wakes up, he sees a hot chick taking off her clothes while a hot guy is behind her. Boob shot. Oh, those are great boobs. Aaron's voice is saying, oh my. So he's now totally peeping on this couple. And he sees the guy grow fangs. The guy who all of a sudden realizes that Charlie's sitting in the window watching them. When he goes to pull the shades down. His fingers are really long with really long nails, and he's got a ring that looks like a crest. Okay, so Charlie, like all sensible teenagers, goes to wake up his mother to tell her that there's a vampire living next door who's killing a woman. Because, of course, she's going to believe this. I mean, it's totally plausible. To be honest, if Alicia or my kids or anybody came up to me and said a vampire was living next door to me, I would probably be more inclined to believe it. So, Charlie sneaks outside into the bushes to spy on the neighbors because why not? When you see that somebody is a vampire, spying on them makes perfect sense. Of course, this is when his mother comes out and calls for him. He gets spotted. This, of course, is after he also sees vampire guy and his henchman load a body in the car with a woman's purse. I don't think you should get mad at Amy for not listening to anything you say, because it's not like you've exactly been Mr. Attentive over here either. Oh, he's such a cute little skeleton. He's so little. So now, Charlie and his infinite wisdom have the police involved. Why not? Ooh, these facts are nice. Also, I mean, if I really suspected that my neighbor was a supernatural killer, I would not be all up in his house making accusations and getting the police involved. Oh, these are nice. I like these. Now he's accusing them of bringing in a coffin. So this, I feel bad for this officer. He like didn't even bother to find out like what Charlie's accusations were before he just let him show up and go like bonkers. If you know it sounds crazy, then why are you going out, like going to all of these people without proof? All you're doing right now is putting yourself on their radar. Yeah, and now it's almost sunset. Now what are you going to do? Oh, so I have to interrupt this really quickly. Oh, his friend's name is Evil. One of the sets of lights I tried to get from the Halloween store, the description, like it had the description, then it said goes perfectly with the Christmas lights. You'll also forget to take down next summer. So I guess Evil's like the resident monster expert who also doesn't appreciate being called Evil. And it's like, why should I help you? You pretty much just make fun of me all the time and call me evil when I don't want to be called that. All right, so now Charlie is hammering his windows shut, which is great, except he's in a house. Like, is he seriously going to get his mom to also 
Nail the window shut. Oh, I bet she invited the vampire in. His hands look totally normal now. Yeah, Chris Random was just smoking fucking hot. Apparently his mom is the memo you don't invite a vampire in. Alright, so Charlie's understandably a titch upset. Oh my god, his mother has a raggedy Ann doll in her bedroom. Wind's blowing, you see a shadow go past the hall window, and then a thud, and now there are footsteps on the roof. Oh, it's night. Like, Charlie's freaking the fuck out. He thinks it's nothing. No, it turns out nice friendly neighbor is now in his mother's bedroom. Oh, that's creepy. He doesn't reflect in the mirror. You see the door open, and you can see him, and then there's nothing there. When he shuts her door, he jams the door so it can't be opened. And then he goes in Charlie's room, whistling Strangers in the Night. Charlie walks in his room, and he doesn't see anyone there. And then behind him, the closet door opens. And that's like one of those movie tropes that I don't fucking care what movie it is that always scares the fuck out of me. When you just see the door open behind the character. This isn't scary. It's more suspenseful. I got another skeleton. I think about that my skeletons are women. All right. So he is threatening Charlie. He's like, forget about me and I'll forget about you. Charlie pipe tries to pull the cross out of his pocket, which doesn't work. Friendly vampire Jerry is like, okay, well, I tried to make this easy, but apparently that's not going to happen. Opens the window like the nails aren't even there. He's planning on throwing Charlie out the window. Ooh. Of course, that's where the picket fence is. So Charlie fucking grabs a pencil off his desk, stabs Jerry. Jerry's freaking the fuck out and spinning around in circles. And his hand goes vampire on him. So I guess getting staked anywhere is going to suck. Ooh. Dude. Okay. His vampire form definitely leaves a lot to be desired. And he woke up Charlie's mom, who can't get out of her room because, of course, her door is jammed. Pumpkin lights? <laughs> oh, dude. And ghost lights and bat lights. I ordered these a while ago and then put them away and forgot about them, and I have three different types of strings of lights, and I'm so excited. Ooh. So now Jerry is calling Charlie on the phone to say... I'm watching you. I can see you. What's the matter? Scared? You started this. I'm going to finish it. Only he says it in a much more intimidating voice than that. Oh, not Charlie's car. Well, at this point, Charlie's only got one option, and that is to call Peter Vincent. Oh, I forgot I ordered a wireless mouse. <laughs> I probably should have remembered that. Okie dokie. I'll set that up in a second. Anyway. <laughs> so much Halloween stuff. I love it. With more on the way. Hammering a stake into somebody's chest just looks disgusting. So, Charlie stakes out the studio where Peter Vincent does his filming to corner him, and he's like, Oh, you want my autograph? And Charlie's like, Uh, no, we need to talk vampires. Oh, that sucks. He got fired because no one wants to watch vampires. You guys, I think, I'm out to buy more batteries. So Mr. Vincent's like, of course I believe in vampires. I got fired because no one wants to see stuff about vampires. And Charlie's like, great. Uh, have I got news for you? And then Peter Vincent's like, yeah, I lied. Screw it. I'm getting out of here. And he like almost runs over Charlie. All right, so Amy and Evil show up. Charlie's bedroom is covered in candles and garlic and steaks. And the candle, I don't remember why Evil said the candles were important, but I feel like that's a huge fire hazard and just a terrible idea. And now Amy's just like, okay, so you're talking murder. 
this is nuts. And he's like, you can't murder a vampire. They're dead. Why does he have a girl's locker room sign on his wall? Also, Jerry is incredibly sloppy because he's killing a young woman every night. Yeah, I can make the lights blink. Okay, I love you is not an answer to you don't believe me, do you? All right, we're back with Peter Vincent, who's being evicted. Amy and Evil are on his doorstep. Oh, that's a cool smoking jacket. <laughs> what could be more important than my autograph? Hmm. Evil is way too gleeful about the fact that, oh my God, my bat lights are purple. <laughs> oh, sorry. He's way too gleeful about the fact that Charlie wants to kill the vampire with a stake through the heart. Oh my God, I love my pumpkin lights. And they're solar powered. He's taking her $500 savings bond to help Charlie, like the upstanding gentleman he is. Oh, cool. He still has the prop he used to tell that a vampire was a vampire in a movie he did. Okay, so now we're looking at a wall of clocks that are all chiming at six. Seems a tad bit excessive. His friends still don't believe him. So their plan is to have Peter Vincent bring his props that he uses to prove vampires are real over to Charlie's the next night at six to sit down and meet Jerry to prove once and for all that he's a vampire. Also, that's terrible makeup. Like the way that they try to age the actor playing Peter Vincent, whose name has gone right out of my head. Like they used the paint on the hair and the eyebrows. Oh, Billy Cole, that's the henchman's name. Charlie's not doing this well. He's just like screaming at everybody, trying to get somebody to listen to him. And instead of being like, okay, you're not gonna listen well, then I'm gonna find a way to convince you. He just keeps screaming. That's a great shot of him silhouetted against the stained glass window. I love stained glass. So of course he's gonna hit on Amy. Of course, everyone's falling for it. God, even Mr. Vincent believes Jerry. Oh, dude, he tries saying, I saw Father Scanlon bless it down at St. Mary's myself in a fucking fake ass Irish accent. Why would you throw the glass vial into the fire? Like it's just gonna shatter. So now Mr. Vincent's completely on Jerry's side, he's like, put away the cross. This is ridiculous. He drank the holy water. It's fine. Veiled threat. Jerry's like, you've already caused your friends enough pain. You wouldn't want to cause them anymore, would you? Well, gee, I can't imagine what you could possibly mean. Huh? So they're standing in the foyer as Jerry's trying to get them out the door. And Mr. Vincent pulls out his cigarette case, which has the mirror in it, and realizes that there's no one behind him in the reflection. And he's still like denying to uh, Charlie that he saw anything. Also, I have the strangest urge to call Charlie Peter. So he gets Mr. Vincent to admit that Jerry's a vampire. And of course, no one else hears it. So of course, Evil splits off from the group. He's gonna walk home alone through a dark alley. And he's telling Charlie, you may be chicken shit, but I'm not. And of course, Ed Evil plays a mean trick on Charlie, pretending that he was bitten. He's yelling, there are no such things as vampires. Guess what's right above him? Oh, and Jerry also makes a comment about Amy. Looks just like her, doesn't she? So of course we have that like reincarnated love from his past thing going on. I think you're lying. I think you are scared. Especially because it's not Charlie and Amy that you hear. It's the same creepy neighbor that Charlie kept telling you was a vampire who for some reason is stalking you down this alley. Also, running in a dark alley that's full of trash, among other things, while looking backwards, terrible idea. 
If you take this alley home every night, how's it you didn't know about the dead end? <laughs> I believe you are wrong. He does in fact have to be afraid of you. You just filled an alley with fog and then popped up behind him and oh great, now he's doing the whole, you don't have to be afraid of me. They're not gonna pick on you anymore. Wine, if you just take my hand. Ugh, I wouldn't touch that hand. Oh, Edward's crying. Unfortunately for evil, considering that he already pulled the screaming stunt before, they're not gonna believe him now. Charlie wants to go back. Amy's just like, no, you're not gonna let him do that again. Why is there an explosion? The explosion would be the transformer that blew up. I feel like that would be a lot more dangerous considering they were standing right next to it. Oh, hey, look, there's Jerry. Oh, hey, look, there's Jerry again. Because clearly running away every time he pops up in front of you has worked so well. Now they're in a club playing the armies of the night. They're coming, they're coming. Ed goes to Peter Vincent's house, says, hurry, there's a vampire out there. Let me in. Dude, he's like going off on Peter Vincent. It's just like, I used to admire you before I found out you're a fake. You're not the, a great vampire killer. So, scalds the fuck out of Evil's face with a cross. Evil looks like shit. Way too many teeth in his mouth. Is he dying? He's trying to get away from the cross and jumps out a window. Of course the police doesn't believe you, Charlie. Dude, are you fucking kidding me? There are no bodies. There is no evidence. You are literally calling them and saying, my neighbor is a vampire and he's following me everywhere we go. All right, Charlie's trying to call Peter Vincent again. Jerry's in the club, loving the vampire-themed music. He's stalking them through the dance floor. He did a great job with it. Like, they, they could not have picked a better actor with that intense gaze, the slightly exotic looks. Surprise, Amy. There he is. Of course she goes with him. Him creeping on this 16-year-old girl is really unappealing. Like, he's just flat out feeling her up with his hand up her skirt the whole nine yards. She's like, what, 16? Now she's trying to get away from him. Now he brings her back. Just say no, Amy. Now he's getting creepy again. I'm gonna see if my other Halloween order got here. They're basically having sex on the dance floor. Like, it would be less creepy if he were a vampire who had been turned as a teenager, but he's not. He's a very adult man. Well, bouncers finally wise up to the fact that, that this guy's being a total creeper. Try to kick him out. He goes vampire in a fucking crowded club. Kills them. Cue the screaming. But you wish you hadn't ignored her now. Okay, Jerry has Amy... Charlie's at Peter Vincent's house. Peter is trying to fucking leave town like the gigantic asshole wuss he is. Peter's like, oh, it's fine. I'll just call the police. Dude, what the fuck is up with people? Okay, let's think about it. Would any of you call the police if your next door neighbor sprouted fangs and red glowing eyes? I sure as fuck wouldn't. There's no way in hell. Peter, you're the worst. Such the worst. Okay, so we're at Jerry's, who has now dressed Amy in some bizarre gown that looks very flattering on her, actually. She wakes up on a rug in front of a fire and sees a bunch of portraits on the walls, one of which looks just like her. Somehow he knows that's exactly what she's looking at. He's standing there 
with his shirt unbuttoned. Like, it's just, it's the fact that he's clearly a man who, when he died, was probably in his 30s. And now he's taking his shirt off to sit next to her and kissing her. So I'm skipping forward through to the part where he actually bites her. Charlie gets to Jerry's house alone because why wouldn't Peter Vincent bail on him when he really needs help? I mean, you know, the great vampire killer. Oh, he came. Wow, he brought a massive chest of stuff too. Good point. When Charlie asks, is this gun going to stop Billy if he's not human, Billy being the henchman, Peter points out he walks around in daylight. He's human. Come on, Peter, you came this far. Don't stop there. Charlie could stand to be a little quieter. And now Peter's trying to back out of it. Oh, we'll just come back at dawn. It'll be fine. It's a cool shirt now that it's buttoned up and on and not being used to seduce a fucking 16-year-old. Apparently the crucifix doesn't work on Jerry. Oh, it's not the crucifix. It's the face behind it. Well, but it worked on Ed, so that means he would have had to have faith then. Charlie's crucifix apparently works just fine. So if you see that it works on one vampire, why would you lose faith that it wouldn't work on the other? Mr. Peepers, will you stop eating my Oh my god, not again. So Peter Vincent just ran crying out of the house. Now he's trying to get Charlie's mom. So he's in Charlie's house calling for Charlie's mom. Tries to pick up the phone. The phone line's been cut. And it's not Mrs. Brewster in her bed. It's Ed, still looking like a deranged freak, and wearing the Raggedy Ann doll wig. The actor who plays evil is so good at this. Mr. Peepers, get out of that. So, in an effort to run away from crazy Ed Evil, who has now turned into a wolf with red glowing eyes, Peter falls into a table, knocks it over, the wolf's trying to run him down, and manages to get a stake through the gut before getting launched over the rail into the chandelier and onto the ground where he is now become an animatronic wolf and is trying to crawl his way through the house. A very well done animatronic wolf, by the way. The special effects are really, really good for the makeup and the creature effects. Oh yeah. Oh, oh God. They're showing evil turning from a wolf back into a vampire and the effects as like the flesh forms. It's really so, wow. Well, this death scene, like you, you actually feel really sorry for him. He was just a kid that nobody wanted to be friends with, who was trying desperately to be Charlie's friend and everyone made fun of him. And then he gets turned into a vampire. Now he looks like some weird vampire wolf fetus thing. Oh, and he's turning back to evil. This is really sad. Oh, okay, Peter, if anything, this is why you should get off your fucking ass and go back over to that house because you just watched a child get destroyed in the worst way possible. <sighs> okay, we're back at Jerry's mansion. He throws Charlie into a room with Amy, who's convulsing because she's clearly turning, along with a stake. God, he's such a dick. So now, not only is Jerry's house, you know, foggy, it's literally pouring fog. Like, the fog machines went into massive overdrive. It's still a really cool effect. Peter's back in the house, by the way. 
he finally decided to actually do something other than run away screaming for a change. Still not a fan of the white paint in the hair. Also, there's something super weird about Jerry's obsession with eating fruit. Jerry just realized something's wrong. Charlie stopped screaming for help. Okay, now Amy's hair is growing at a really bizarre rate. Damn! Peter Vincent kept telling Billy, stop or I'll shoot, don't force me to shoot. And fucking Peter shoots him. Yeah, he's not bluffing, dude. Billy may not be a dead vampire, but he's, you know, probably something else. That's another super creepy-ass shot. You're facing them. And in the background, he sits up and then starts walking up the steps behind them. Yeah, he's not dead. The bullets are not working. You're going to have to come up with another option. Well, stake through the heart seemed to help speed things along. Ew. Gross. There's like this weird green... So all of the bullet holes have blood coming out of them. The hole with the stake, it's all green goo. And now he's melting into green goo. He looks like the fucking um, doctor from Lost Ark. The one who looked into the Ark. Ugh, gross. He's so slimy. It's so funny how this is not scary to me now, but if I had seen this when it came out, because I was 10, I would have lost my fucking shit. Okay, Amy's not doing well. She's not a full-blown vampire. Jerry's trying to both kill them and keep away from them. From the house. The outside of the house. He commands her to awake. But in a much more intimidating tone of voice. Ew. Show me how much you love me. Okay, first of all, you look gross. Second of all, that is gross. She's awake. I don't know what's going on with her hair, but not feeling it. Yeah, he's not up there. That's because he's right outside the fucking window. Now who's banging on the door? Okay, that was a waste of a beautiful stained glass window. All right, so Peter has suddenly found the nerve to take on Jerry by himself. And guess what? His crucifix still doesn't work, which means he still doesn't believe that he can do it. Jerry's like, you have to have faith for that to work. Now, all he has to do is keep you talking because guess what's coming up behind you? It's the sun. But she figures out when all of the clocks go off at the same time. God, that would drive me insane. In an attempt to try to beat the sun, Jerry turns himself into a really gross slimy bat, attacks Peter, who's trying to fend him off, bites Charlie. Dude, get him in the sunlight. That's all you gotta do. Ooh, now he's like, blowing up into green fire. He's trying to get away again. Now he's in the fucking bowels of the house, which means that Amy's screwed, because they had to kill him before dawn. Oh, here comes Amy. The hair's much better now. Meanwhile, Peter's found Jerry's coffin and the coffin that's clearly made for Amy. Oh my god, so when Charlie pulls the cross on Amy and she starts crying, ooh, oh my god. She gaslights him. It's not my fault. You promised you wouldn't let him get me. And when he gets her turn, like her mouth has grown from almost ear to ear. All right. So Charlie's just got to keep his psycho, super freaky, disgusting looking girlfriend occupied while Peter kills Jerry. And for once, he doesn't hesitate like he gets distracted one time when charlie calls his name and he's just like no fuck it we're doing this drives the stake through jerry's heart how does jerry pull that out and live 
Ooh, you done screwed up. So I guess the steak's not going to kill Jerry, but when he throws it, he knocks the paint off the window and lets sunlight in. So now he can't attack Peter because Peter's standing in the sun. Charlie's just knocking all the windows out in the basement. Keep knocking out the fucking windows. It's still too dark. What happened to the whole we have to kill him by dawn or Amy's not going to make it? Because I'm pretty sure with this much sunlight, dawn's way fucking past. So in the course of shutting Jerry's coffin, Peter gets himself back in a, in a corner. But Charlie knows that there's actually a huge ass fucking window there. Ew! So I guess the force of him destructing is blowing out the rest of the windows. He's, he's like glowing with green fire, warping into a bat, human, ape, wolf combination skeleton. I really want to know his backstory. And now he's gone. Somehow Amy's completely back to normal, like normal hair. She's completely human, despite the fact they killed him after Dawn. I don't know if y'all have noticed, but plot holes irritate me sometimes. All right, we're back in Charlie's bedroom. Amy and Charlie are making out again. Fright Night is back on the television with Peter Vincent. Good for him. Good for you, Charlie, for turning off the television instead of watching Mars Once Flesh and getting sidetracked by glowing orange eyes in the house next door, but only for a second. Oh, it's Ed. I guess he survived after all. Stephen Joffreys. Okay, so that was Fright Night. The rest of my Halloween stuff just got here. I'm about to start putting, well, I should probably feed the cats first. They've been very patient. And then I'm going to start putting up decorations. Thank you for listening and more vampire movies will be coming along.